Oh, it's 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 super hard, and I, and I, I want to touch base here. Give me like two minutes to go off on my rant here, oh, uh, this rant, because there's going to be several rants during this podcast, so you viewers out there, listeners, you're going to need to stay tuned because Daddy Rob's about to light some shit up, but... Episode 93, Tank Slapping Podcast. Man, what a weekend. This is the I-70 Review or Rewind. We're going to call it the I-70 Rewind Show. Other side of the mic. Track prep extraordinaire, Robbie Bobby McClendon. <laughs> you had to do that shit. Now you put a target on my back. Just so the, the viewers know, I'm not a uh, an expert. I know it all on that stuff. I do know a lot on that. But uh <laughs> You yeah, know, Corey set me up for failure already. I love it. Good morning, Corey. Good good morning. <laughs> morning, man. Yeah, dude. What a weekend. Uh, a lot to talk about. I seventy, man. It was very interesting. Mm. Just a lot of shit going on. A lot of stuff. Mm. A lot of stuff to talk about. That the because there wasn't like I guess there wasn't great live feed from that race because man, we didn't know we were racing until we were basically. So a lot of people didn't see some of the stuff behind the scenes and. We'll talk about that. Me and you, we were pretty much up front and center the whole weekend. I think we could have fucking camped out on the side of the racetrack. Just every time I'd go up there, you were up there. Every time you came up, I was up there. It's like, what do we do? <laughs> you know what's funny too, though? It's it's really it really is kind of funny though. There's like certain people I know. Like if there's like an issue or and and I'm not trying to like bash anybody, but there's an issue or there's like curious track prep going on or just like we're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Like, I know for a fact, I'm going to see Corey. I'm going to see Mies. You know, Briar, he skips up and back every once in a while, tells a few jokes, you know, and then leaves. But uh, it's funny. There's like a, there's like five or six of us that are consistently up there. Um, just like, what's going on? What are y'all doing? And like, just checking things out. Um, so, yeah, man, golly. And it's not just, I don't know, man, just what a weekend and in all aspects of motorsport. Some guys you don't see at all. Like some guys you barely see. I didn't even know some guys were there. They don't even come up at all. And then, yeah, you know, they don't care. Pretty much see the same guys up there. Like it was Brandon price was up there quite a bit. And, uh, Jared, myself, like it was, uh, Mitchler Dalton. Like we all kind of were hanging out max whale right along the edge of the track for like, man, I feel like we were there for like five days, but it was only two. So, Dude, my ass print was in them hay bales all day, just sitting <laughs> on the hay bales. <laughs> a lot to talk about. Um, before we get into it, I want to make sure we shout out these sponsors. They make it happen for the podcast, and without their support, we couldn't do this. So give them a plug, support them, follow them on social media. Mission Foods, big-time sponsor of, man, I think racing in general, but especially American Flat Track. Big fans of their products. If you can support them, go do it. They've uh, they've been keeping the sport going the last couple of years, and it's uh it's really appreciative. We're really appreciative of what they're what they're doing in our sport. Bell Power Sports, the helmet of tank slapping podcast. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Youth helmets, motocross, moto lids, uh, full face, the race star, just everything they have is top quality and uh, do your research on these helmets, like check the safety ratings. And I think you'll be surprised at how great and how far up their bell is. Um, so yeah, check them out. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile and power products, Yamaha revs your heart. 
got a big win. Yamaha did this weekend. Finally, Gagne back on top of the on on top of the box. We'll talk about Moto America here in a bit. Want to make sure we shout out them as well for supporting our podcast. They had Road Atlanta this weekend. A lot of man, a lot of good racing. A lot of crazy shit happened at at uh, Road Atlanta. So. Um, yeah, everything they're doing with their series, man, very entertaining, very, very well done with their social media and a lot of top riders in that series right now. So we'll, we'll talk some Moto America later on the podcast. Indian Motorcycle, since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Finally, we got an Indian Motorcycle podium sweep. Uh, it used to happen pretty much every race, but this year it, it hasn't happened until this weekend. So Indian Motorcycle back on top. I know they did well in Moto America. Also, Bobby Fong won the the Bagger Challenge, and they had some some yeah, good yeah. podium good podium results. So, uh, shout out to Indian Motorcycle for supporting flat track Moto America, Super Hooligan Racing, much much more. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, check out their website DunlopMotorcycleTires.com, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series. Nineteen inch and seventeen inch flat track tires available now many different compounds off-road street make sure you check them out we're, we're we're due for a dunlop giveaway so stay tuned to the social media pages and we'll we'll get that going and big big shout out to the guy behind us since day one jerry stinchfield roof systems of dallas texas commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience um, really thankful for for jerry and uh, everything he does for for us in the sport but Man, a lot to talk about here. I'm going to probably bounce around a little bit, Rob, on this show. I just, my notes were kind of scattered. I'm, I'm writing notes. I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. That happened. So um, let's kind of start with uh, the schedule first off, man. I, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan. I've been pretty vocal of like racing, taking a month off, racing, taking a month off. Um it's been challenging and to go, I think the biggest issue with I-70 is um, it was just the planning, like trying to have a race in Missouri in April, you know, you hope it goes well with the weather, but man, it is just a Hail Mary, I feel, to go anywhere that far north in April. Yeah, you're you're right, man. I mean, and I don't know much about the Midwest or North or whatever. I do know that, uh, I checked the weather app, um, you know, obviously the whole week prior. And I think it was Thursday, like really got me nervous and scared. Weather.com said, uh, you know what I screenshot It's actually, so uh, I'm like not afraid of hurricanes cause we're in the South and uh, that's what we have. But when I screenshotted this, I'm like, I don't know how to take this shit because, um, yeah, it was just, just super sketchy. So Tornadoes. I'm going to read straight from weather, <laughs> weather.com. It said, scattered thunderstorms, potential for severe thunderstorms, have a plan and be prepared. And I'm like, are we going to be in the movie Twister Part 2 here? Like, what does it mean, have a plan? Like, what do, what do we plan? Like, like I, I didn't understand that other than I'm like, man, shit. But luckily, you know, Mother Nature, she kind of – she kicked our ass a little bit. But in the main – you know, I don't want to turn to a bash, but – but gosh, you know, like it showed you just how much water that track needed. And, and it finally came back around. So uh, it was, it it was tough kind of I mean, because, it, yeah, I mean, for sure. Like everyone's like, does it need more water? It's, it's mushy underneath less water. Like, you know, all the, all the track prep experts, you know, it's, and I said multiple times, they're like, what do you, th- what do you think core? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm not a fucking track prep guy. I'm just, 
I'm just hanging out up here just to see what's going on. But it was mushy underneath the surface, but on the surface, it was really dry. So it was like, yeah, it, it was, it, that's I, where it gets super technical. Yeah. So it was, yeah it, gets, yeah, it makes it super tricky because the under, the underside of it is, is like you say, it's mushy. So what that does is create like a pumping type effect. Right. So, and, and for people who don't understand what that means, like when you're watching a big, heavy vehicle whether it's a grader or a packer or even even like a full-size truck you know you could watch the ground move like a few inches away from the actual where the truck was driving well there's nowhere for the water to go so start what they mean is pumping it's just like pushing it back and forth and and it makes it very tricky to get equipment on the track because that creates ruts um and as we see you know there's there's a couple little instances and this is one that 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 part of something the AFT can't control is how much water or how much rain happens prior to the event. But I was a little frustrated with the the practice setup, um, and 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 I think a lot of people were too because we got out there and, and track was a little bit rough, but we were putting in laps, and then um, for whatever reason, you know, we decided we we're gonna I say we they're gonna scrape the the track. Well, what it looked like is they were grading it. And then they were kind of grating dry dirt on top of the groove. And then unfortunately the grater broke down, which, you know, I tried to look at it. Brent Donnelly came to look at it. You know, there's, there's a bajillion things that could have happened to the grater to make it not work. Um, and it turned out to be a fuse, which they had a, a big company come in and they were diagnosing it for a while too. So uh, we had to end practice a little bit early. If it were my call, I would have said, you know, let's just get some more practice sessions done and, and then let's, let's work on the track over the night um you know it's not my call you know i'm not saying it was the wrong call i just just after the fact now we're all monday morning quarterbacking and and you know so everybody that was there got two rounds of practice and there's a lot of pissed off people you know again like i said if the grader didn't break down it could have turned into like an amazing practice session we just don't know you know it's one of them calls it's a tough call to make but yeah um, i mean unfortunately the, the the track got gnarly quick though on Friday, even like the first, I was the first group out and the track was actually, it wasn't bad. I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. Like it's technical. There's a couple bumps here and there, but, um, and then like, I didn't go out. There was like, you know, we have super twin singles. Yeah. The BTR ladies and Brandon Robinson was, he's like, he came off. He's like, my cow was it being, he's like, dude, it's, it's getting pretty gnarly. I'm like, really? I was like, I thought it was good when I was out there. He's like, yeah, it, it got pretty rough. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. I like, I, I was like, all right, whatever. Like maybe, maybe you just, I don't know. Um, but and then Cody cops like, yeah, man, I tank slapped all the way down the straightaway. I was like, really? You're a sissy dude. Like what are you doing tank slapping? And then I go out the next session, <laughs> I'm rolling around turn four. What do I do? First time in 20 years, probably. I tank slapped all the way down the front straightaway. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Uh, You're just so, trying to give a shout out to your pod, man. That's why yeah, you your pod that. That's what I mean. I but, must change the podcast name after that. I was like, fuck, this is not fun. So it, it got gnarly. Like it got rough. It was, um, it was soft underneath. So, but it was like dry kind of, um, and it just kind of got, I don't know. It was pretty bad. I thought they, they, they thought that you are confident they could fix it. Um, you know how track prep guys are like, especially like the Midwest blue collar car racing track prep guys, like, Oh, we'll have that fixed up in a half hour, like positive poly, just no problem. And then, uh, yeah, it just, it didn't work out the way we wanted. And we had to cancel the, the practice session. Like, like you said, it's, 
it sucks. Like we, you know, guys are taking off work to be there a day early. Guys are getting an extra hotel room, putting time on equipment, you know, and, and then you don't, you know, like we've been bringing it, we brought a new chassis to Volusia to test it. We got two sessions in and it rained and we brought it to I-70 and we didn't get out on it because of what happened. So it's, it's, these test days have been, have been uh, not very successful this year for us. Yeah, for sure. But, but also, you know, going back just a brief minute, you know, it, it's one of those things to where, you know, the, the Facebook, you know, track prep experts, you know, they'd be one thing, like if they, if they let it go and, Oh my God, it was the roughest track ever. So AFT tries to, you know, stop it and make a correction. And obviously that failed them too. So it's kind of like one of them things where like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And, and, and you know, I want to give them credit for, for trying something, you know, I don't, I, we don't know what would have and could have been if they got the track done better for, for that night for practice. Um, my thing was, you know, we didn't really have too much of a curfew. I don't think, uh, if we did, I, I apologize for that, but I feel like, uh, there was two graders there. We got the one grader off the track. I feel like they should have maybe kept trying just so it like all the people, especially team owners, man, it wasn't just my team owner, but there's multiple team owners that were kind of upset. Cause it's, I don't know how to say this. I'm just going to be blunt about it, but like, all right, well, the greater broke and uh, we're going to revisit tomorrow. And, you know, it was still daylight out. Like, I feel like maybe they could have, you know, put in a couple more hours to see what it would have done. And then we could have gotten some nighttime practice and then maybe just move it back a couple hours. Cause even if we finished up at 10 or 11 o'clock, we didn't start racing the next day, day till in the afternoon. So I'm going to say like, uh, is, I, it, I wouldn't have wanted to be there till 10, 11. Like I wanted to get my laps in, but I, uh, from my perspective, like for that, like I, uh, I don't want to be there all day practicing either. But, no, I, um, I don't either. But, you but I get what you're to. saying. I'm just dude. saying, like <clears throat> the last sessions might have been ten or eleven o'clock. But I mean, realistically, if they got the other grader out there, and I mean, we're all just spitballing here. But to get the other yeah. grader out there, get the track prepped, another couple hours of prep, and then you would have been back on the track at you know what six or seven o'clock. So you could have still practiced till nine and just forfeited your last two or three sessions because you got it probably figured <laughs> out anyway. But uh, yeah. But anyway, that's uh moving moving right along for practice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it um yeah, so like well, like like I said, real I want to just go back to the schedule thing quick. Um like having having that long a gap in between races, it's just not it just it everybody loses momentum. Like the fans lose momentum following the series, uh the riders lose momentum, the teams racing. It's just like can you imagine if Supercross had a month in between? Can you imagine if they had two weeks in between races? Like people bitch when they have a weekend off. So um with, yeah, no, with what right. we're doing you're in right. our schedule, like I just don't think we should start till the end of May. I think we should, you know, the end of May until August or September. Um, like let's race. Um, sitting around just dude, it's I don't know. I could I could do a whole podcast on on that whole deal, but I I mean I get like as a promoter, I get, you know, tracks only have open dates, whatever, but, um, just trying to find a way, like sometimes it's just not feasible. Like, all right, well, um, you know, they don't have an open date that time of year, then it's just not feasible. So, um, anyway, but yeah, so we talked about the, um, the practice night, we talked about the scheduling a little bit. Uh, yeah. So it, it rained, Rob, um, we'll move along here. It, it rained, obviously yep. we, uh, we didn't know when we were going, getting back on the track. Um, and just some, just being transparent with the fans. Like I was sitting there eating dinner and I got a text at six fifty eight, 
and it said, you know, we would resume track activities at 7.30. So I'm sitting there in my jeans and t-shirt eating, and I got a text. I didn't even know we were racing for sure. Um, 6.58, I got a text, be ready to get on the track at 7.30. Oh, yeah, side note, no semis. Qualify, main event. Practice qualify, main event. I'm like, all right, well, it is what it is. That sucks, but get ready. It's like 7.10. I'm going up to look you know, at, look at the track. And then on the radio, oh, uh, we're, you know, we're getting on the track at 720. So basically this is the hardest part I, I feel for me for the weekend is just like at 658, you're, we're racing short and programmed 22 minutes later, I was on the track. So that part of the deal. And that's what I was trying. I did a post on my race page and trying to give some, some fans, some perspective. It's like, dude, we, we had no idea what was going on. We got a text 20 minutes. You're on the track. I, we got less than three minutes of track time before we're expected to just race the main event. Um, and I'm not pointing fingers. I I get it's like, dude, we got the race in, but as a rider, I'm just, just being honest. Like that's hard. It's hard to, hard to overcome sometimes. Oh, it's, it's, it's super hard. And and I want to, touch base or give me like two minutes to go off on my rant here of oh, this rant because there's gonna be several rants during this podcast so you viewers out there listeners you gotta need to stay tuned because daddy rob's about to light some shit up but um in this instance in my opinion you know yeah they their hands were kind of tied because they knew that there was more rain coming we we get that here's where my issue is and, and I, i've tried to say this before and and i get kind of the same runaround excuse and and you know i'm sorry ft if it's, i'm using the word excuse but that's just how it feel sometimes to me so one thing we do know in life is that we can't control mother nature like we just don't have that technology yet what we do have the technology to do is know damn near a week in advance like shit there's gonna be rain coming like we know there's gonna be rain on saturday well sometimes i get this i ask them like hey guys let's let's change the schedule to get the race in and then the kind of textbook answer is well we got production and we got this and we got that you know and i get it there's there's tvs there's a lot of other things going on besides just the racers my concern is why don't we have in place a plan B we'll call it or whatever, like MotoGP, they call it, you know, their abbreviated schedule or whatever, because again, we have the technology to look and see shit, man, we're only going to have like a four hour window. And we knew the whole week that it was going to be a a potential of some serious rain coming. So it doesn't seem to me to be that difficult to think that, Hey, let's send out an email blast. Let's send out a text blast to not just the riders, but the fans, the people who bought tickets. Because nobody, let's be honest, nobody in the world anymore is mailing in their money for a ticket, and then you send it to them in the USPS snail mail. Like you're buying it online, or you're picking it up at Will Call, whatever you do, you know, it's all text related, blah blah blah. And say five people don't get the message, they're pissed off. Well you still got all these other fans spectators that did get the message that shit, man. All right. Well, I gotta, I'm going to, I'm already taking off work today to go to the races. So I'm going to leave three hours early because there's going to be rain at nine o'clock. So they're going to get this shit in quicker, but it doesn't seem to have that effect. And, it, and I feel like it should, man, because everything is so fluid in, in reality. And I've said this a million times, like, and I hate this. This is one thing I want to criticize AFT about badly. And, and it is what it is. I know they're not asking my opinion, but Dude, we're there so fucking long doing nothing throughout the day. Nothing throughout the day. We're there at like 11 o'clock and nobody touches the track. Nobody or no racers happening for what, like six hours? 
so all the teams are unloaded. It takes literally an hour at the most to unload and set up your bikes, set up your canopies, all that stuff. You know, like we have so much dead time. In this instance, this could have been one where it's like, hey, we know we got rain coming. And they did. They did adjust the schedule. I'm not I'm not saying they didn't. But there's been other times where it seems like we sit around and wait for the fucking actual schedule to take place. And then 30 minutes, boom, raining. I think it happened at Volusia. Like we had all that day. So my, my rant here is that there needs to be a plan B. And it needs to be implemented and say, look, guys, spectators, racers, we need you to be fluid. There's weather coming. We're dirt track. We don't race in the rain. Everybody's here. Let's get the shit started. Let's get the show on the road, so to speak. It's you cool know. to have a plan B, like earlier in the week. Like for me, like okay, exactly. This, plan, this that's is the plan A, and then this is the plan B possible if there's weather. And every every track could have that. Like so, you know, if the, if it looks like weather, <laughs> we're gonna yeah, that's a great idea. I really, I really okay. Look at look at own point. Look at this example too, and I'm I'm gonna pat myself on the back here. There was one year, maybe four or five years ago. I said, hey, guy, at Greenville, it was at Greenville. We got rained out on Friday. Well, nothing we could do. It just a steady drizzle. Well, Lima got rained out on Saturday. And I got all the freaking racers, amateurs, even the pros to come from Lima to Greenville. Same day. They moved their whole program to a whole other track an hour away. And I'm saying, if it's possible for me and my little group of Ohio minions whatever you want to call them to get a whole program moved from one track to another then it's possible with all aft's technology to have a plan b in place like yeah. I, I know that it's not the end of the world and and, and here's the thing you're going to piss people off no matter what but are you going to piss off a few or would you rather piss off everybody because you're going to be a few spectators or somebody but at the end of the day is it more important to maybe piss off five uh, spectators or are we going to piss off the whole paddock all the team owners plus all the spectators that showed up that didn't get to watch any racing. You know what I mean? Like there doesn't have to be a rock solid, complete schedule. Like we're not live TV. This isn't, we're not going live on Fox like NASCAR. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we have production, there's schedules, blah, blah, blah. But you know, this isn't the world series to where, you know, a kickoff or sorry, kickoff, the Super Bowl kickoff at two o'clock. You know, it ain't that big a deal. Come on, bro. I know, dude. I'm, I'm struggling, man. I, I told you I'm worked up, man. I'm worked up. Just wait till we get to the other races, too. But anyway, I, my uh, thing, yeah. long story short, too long, didn't read, have a plan B in effect for weather. We're dirt track. It's freaking 2022. We should have a plan B to implement if the need arises. Not like, oh, well, yeah. shit, man. All right, back to the hotel. We'll try again tomorrow. Like, no, that shit's bullshit, man. You're costing all these racers people money. Like, I do not like Sunday as a rain date unless there's absolutely zero other options. And sometimes yeah. we've done rain dates on Sundays. There were other options that we could have used. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And with that being said, I thought like the track, yeah, it was, it was okay. Like it, you know, it, for what it was after, you know, it rained and it's April in Missouri, like the track was challenging, but I wouldn't say it was dangerous. It was, uh, no, it was just Hell, technical. Uh, like it, it was rough. It was, um, it, it, like we haven't had any great racetracks lately, like go, dating back to last year, we've, we've been struggling with, with, with weather, but, um, and people want to blame the track prep people. It's like, dude, they can only do so much when, you know, the circumstances they're given. So I thought they did a pretty good job with track prep. Um, and then we got some racing. Oh, in. For sure. so, yep. so let's move on to the races, yep. man. Um, let's talk. They let's got talk. it in, dude. They did what they needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. I mean, it's, and it's not my cup of tea. Like 
Um, and when I did my post, I was, you know, I said, you know, oh, you know, that it was tough, tough track conditions. And it's been really tough for the riders and teams to what we've been doing with this rushed schedule. And uh, everybody was, you know, receptive. And I don't care if they are or not. It's my fucking page. I'm going to post whatever. But um, but I had yeah. one I had one guy. Uh, you sound you're being prissy and you know, you, you know, you need to just ride it and it's not going to be perfect. I'm like, first off, dude, fuck off. Like I'm not being prissy. I'm being transparent. Cause I'm a human. And yep. if, and then like the fans, they want, they want us riders to have a personality, but then when we have a personality, like when, like I go on there and I, you know, I'm, I'm being fair, but I'm being honest about, you know, how tough things have been. Then it, it triggers people. Like, do you want everybody to have politically correct boring race report that's it or do you want some fucking insight like if you don't like it don't read it but dude like i'm honest i've always been honest and but i feel like i'm fair like you don't ever see me like throwing a bitch fit or whining like the track wasn't my cup of tea evolution wasn't either but you know i've said like some guys could figure it out and some couldn't like i've been struggling with it but it's the same track for everybody and all things considered, I thought they did a great job getting the track ready, but, um, it was just, it was just funny. Like it just, he called me prissy. I'm like, dude, I'm not even complaining. I'm just giving you insight. And then he also mentioned in the same post, which, which was, it really kind of triggered me in return. He's like, you know, I've been going to these races since blah, blah. Everybody's been going to the races longer than the next person. They, everybody's so entitled in the, in the sport. It's like, I've been going before you were born. It's like, all right, cool, bro. Like, sorry, I wasn't born sooner. Like I don't have to tell you, but, um, the yeah. same guy mentioned, I never saw Parker or Springer complain back in the day. I almost spit my fucking coffee out. I was Bullshit. like, bro, like I love those guys, but they complained more or less or the same as we did. Um, Dude, like there was a social media to broadcast it. <laughs> well, there was a race in uh, 1992 Fresno mile that um, the Pegram won that those guys he named didn't even race the main. They sat out like, which is cool. Like good for them for, you know, standing up and actually sitting out or like championship contenders sitting out. But like, dude, they complained all the time back in the days. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I've been going to the races before you were born. It's like, well, if you have been doing that, then you would know that those guys, they're no different than what we're dealing with now. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that shit then, drives me nuts. And, well, then, and then he deleted it. So I, I was, I wasn't like the fans were ham, like some of the people were hammering him for the risk for what he said. And I was, I try not to get involved in that. We'll talk more about it later, but I'm like, dude, come on. Like it's, well, it's just, you want the personality. Guys like, oh, the tracks were so much better back in the day. And then like, what was it, like two weeks ago, you posted a video and it was like the skinniest little groove. And then like one of the riders, like barely got his wheel off the groove and like was done. <laughs> right like, now, boom. Yeah. like, well, and that yeah, track, and too, like, everybody, everybody talks about how great that track was. I think it was Louisville. Like I see people all the time. Oh, you know, back in the day, Louisville was awesome. I'm just like, this is the track y'all thought were awesome. I think your memories fog. Like, Y'all spend so much time on Facebook. It's, I think your memory's fo- your memory's foggy. Like, well, it's the same thing that you know. It's just, I, I'm I'm not as fast as I remember that I was. Type type things like, dude, yeah, like, like shut up. It's, it's and dude, we appre- like, like, yeah, I appreciate like I appreciate the comments. I appreciate the fans chiming in, and it's it's fine. Like, matter we're not all gonna agree, and opinions are cool. But like, 
you know, with at the same time, like read what I'm saying. I'm not once complaining. I'm just telling you to giving you honesty on the on the whole deal. It's good for our riders to have personality, man. I think our riders are some of the driest personalities when it comes to social media in the in any motorsport. Like our guys are, we have big personalities at the track and on the weekends and at the bar after the races. But then you get these guys on social media, you put them in front of a camera. And it's just dry. Like there's no insight. So like, yep. whatever, yep. like I'm, I'm not that guy. If that's going to trigger you, then don't follow my page. Cause it's, I'm, I'm pretty fucking honest. So, uh, anyway, the racing yeah. was great. And, and they don't you like know, that. Yeah. The racing was great. The 450 race, I was standing with you actually, we were, we were watching and, uh, man, Cody and Max were, it was insane how fast they were going. Max, like I, I was standing there. He was, he was running down, he, he ran down Mitchler and then he was chasing after Cody and dude, he barely, like there was a couple laps in the turn three. He barely lifted the throttle. Like he pitched the bike in. Yeah. He was riding the absolute dog shit out of his bike and it was crazy to watch. And I know he was frustrated. He, after the race, like Max wants to win and he wants to win a title and Cody's, you know, he's been stepping up and, and kind of has the upper hand so far, but you know, I was like, Max, like you rode good, bro. That was, you know, that was a good ride. And it was good to see, uh, not a lot of battles throughout the race that I, that I saw maybe farther in the pack, but everybody kind of spread out. But, um, those dudes were hauling ass. Like it was, they were, you know, the top five, six guys were wicked fast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I wish, uh, uh, wish, wish, uh, you know, could have been a little bit different on my end to being a little bit biased, but, uh, but yeah, man, Cody, Max, Mishler, I mean, Trevor, he, he came back strong after his bad wreck at Texas. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Max might've wished he would have gotten going a little bit earlier. Cause Cody, man, he just did that textbook, get out there. He passed Merg and he just started to set sail. And by the time Max got done or got up there, you know, the race was over. And of course, you know, long story short, it was a shortened race. So, you know, it, it could have been different had it been normal distance, you know, but hey, we all knew in advance that the races were going to be short and, you know, we were very worried and, you know, they did make the right call on shortening the races because, you know, right when we were getting ready to start loading up stuff, it, the bottom fell out. You know, we got rained on three or four times loading up, but uh, how, how is Dalton um, too? Uh, I saw him after the race and he was bombed and I was like, dude, cause I know he, he, he said he hurt his ankle, but I was like, bro, you good? And he's like. Yeah, I think it's good. It's just sore. So, um, what happened? Yeah. Can, you, can you talk about what happened? Because he, he didn't finish. Um, what happened there, and, and how's his ankle? Yeah, he just stretched. He stretched his. Yeah, he stretched his leg out. Uh, pretty pretty good. I posted a funny picture on on my Facebook story. He uh, he sent me uh, somebody had gotten it, and dude, I mean, obviously he got long legs, but his left steel shoe was like behind the rear fender. He was stretched out so much. So. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've obviously talked to him and he's, he's certainly a little bit sore and stuff, but, uh, you know, he's, he's more motivated than ever. You know, it's like, we're the same way, you know, we can't catch a break and, you know, it's seems, you know, silly to say that, but, you know, he still was in a top five after having a, a really, uh, really bad, uh, bad stretch there. I guess, I guess it's the only thing to say he's got a doctor's appointment, but, uh, um, I don't what know. What happens to the bike then? Can, is there anything you can speak on there? Cause sort of the, no, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, no, that's that's a big deal. I don't know what's what's going on. I don't know. Uh, you know, I wish I had uh, more insight to give you on that, but I don't do anything with uh, with the bikes. I help unload them and then work on them at the track. And then uh, you know, um, Bigs, you know, we we trust him 110 percent with with them going back to the shop. So I, I have no idea. I mean, if 
if I didn't know, I'd, I'd tell you, but I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's just unfortunate, man. Cause uh, you know, it's like, we're trying to catch a break and I'm just thankful that it, it didn't, you know, break anything in his ankle. that was already, but um, yeah, about yanked him off the back of the bike, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's just them long lanky legs. I mean, look at B Rob also B Rob posted a picture of himself in a boot and it's, you know, it's just one of them things where certain tracks when they get moisture like that, they get these tacky little spots and these long legged skinny dudes just don't have a lot of, maybe they don't have a lot of meat around their bones or something. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not yeah. making this, I'm not taking this lightly. I don't want any of my guys to get hurt, but uh, <laughs> you know, I was very sad to see, uh, you know, Colby, he's a tall lanky kid too. And he had a bad one yeah. and Zabala had a bad one. And, and I'm not really sure what happened on that. Do you know? I mean, I, I've heard uh, well, numerous stories, but yeah, let's, Let's kind of – I want to have one more thing here on the 450s I want to talk about because it got brought up. Uh, somebody asked me about it, and it gets brought up quite often. Then we'll kind of move to the production race. But the 450 lap times, I didn't look, but I guess they were faster than the twin lap times. <clears throat> and I wanted to dis- discuss, yeah, discuss that with you. Um, people look at that, and automatically it's like, oh, it's because the singles – that needs to be the premier class. Like, their lap times are faster. It's like, all right, man if you look at all these racetracks, pretty much every half mile short track we go to, it's actually not uncommon for the four fifties to be faster. I mean, it's the track conditions, the way the bikes, it's just different. Um, so I wanted to discuss that with you, with you, with you. Uh, what are your thoughts? What, how would you respond to somebody that would ask you the same question? Cause it's like, you just can't compare lap times between the classes and the machines. It's just so, it's just, well, it's I'm, just so different. I'm looking here right now and the top three in singles and the top three in super twins all did 21 ones. Now I'm not going to go back and forth with hundreds of a second. I'm not that, that interested to know that. And let's see what production and production Jesse did a 21 three. So, Oh, sorry about that. The dog's uh, barking in, but I don't think that, uh, I think it's just like certain tracks, man. I mean, it, it's not that the singles riders are better than super twins or vice versa. I mean, yeah, obviously Jared and Briar are probably the best two riders we've had in forever right now, but um, I, I don't, I don't take the lap times as, as the end be all end all gospel. Um, you know, the way this track was, you know, and watching Max and Cody and then um, uh, Merg ride. I mean, they were the four fifties, you know, they were just on the gas like Dan I don't even know if they like Max did he even lift like the last three laps at least not in turn three it didn't seem like he lifted much nah. but and that's you know, the thing like the twins the, ch- the chassis on the 450s it's essentially a motocross bike and I get in arguments with Trent sometimes it's like yeah I don't think it's rough it's like dude you're on a motocross bike it's so different yeah, than guys so on different. twins yeah. like it's just those bikes are made to jump hit ruts and go over bumps like they're made from the factory to do that so on well, tracks that, that and, get tacky and, they're and rough. Carrying, well, they're carrying less straightaway speed too. So the 450s don't have to slow down for the corners as much. You know, you're not going to have too many tracks on half miles that you're going to be able to hold a twin, just like pin, maybe Lima or something like that. But, you know, where you watch Jared and Briar, yeah, they were sending it. And so was B-Rob. But they still have to get the thing like slowed down to make the corner. Whereas the 450s, you watch Max, he was just going into turn three. And he would just send it off in there and just kind of drift well, up a little bit, and he was already right back. 
and you're wide open on okay. a 450, like, I don't, yeah. I don't, like, there's no, like, on a twin, you go in and you kind of roll the gas, roll the gas, roll the gas. And then when you're straight up and down on your exit, then you might get it wide open. But the 450s, you pretty much bury it in and then you pretty much just pin it. Um, there's a slight roll to the throttle, but it's not, not to the extent of a twin. So, um, no, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the, you know, well, and we used to, you know, compare times like, or I say we, you know, it was always, it's always cool. Cause when Dalton first started riding the, uh, XG, when we were in 2019, there were certain tracks that he had faster lap times. I think Rispoli did too. And he, that was like a talking point. I'm like, guys, even though it's the same track, it's not the same track. There's, you know, every time you race on a track, the track is a little bit different, different no matter how yeah. much you think it might not be. Like it, it's different, you know, so the super twins, a lot of times get on the track when it's the most beat up throughout the night. So, you know, we're the most abrasive. Like there's some days where yeah. the groove gets better as the, as the race goes on and the track gets faster. And LJ, my, uh, Absolutely. my crew chief LJ, he's always, well, you had the fastest lap of the day. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to compare that stuff, dude. Like it's, it's just different. So uh, people like to compare yeah, the lap time is. thing and, and AFT, they, you know, they, they, they're looking at production twin laps versus the super twins. And now we, they have the challenge so they can kind of see where kind of guys stack up, even though like, you know, we've just done a main event, start on the fourth row. It's all relevant, but um, no, it was a good 450 race production twins. Uh, for me personally, obviously I struggled, bro. I was, I started 12th in the main event. I'm just like, bro, I'm, I'm just hoping to get a top 10 and, uh, able to kind of work my way up. There was a lot of carnage that happened. And, uh, you know, we had the the crash that I'll let you talk about a little bit. You kind of touched upon it briefly, but I'm sitting there, the red flag. And I thought I was like maybe sixth or so. I honestly didn't know. I did the old, I pulled all my tear offs on the first lap type deal. So I couldn't really see. <laughs> well, I, I honestly, like it was, I forgot all about it until I, uh, pulled my helmet out of my bag uh, yesterday. I was like, oh yeah, I couldn't see anything that whole main event. So I, I was sitting there and I was like, I was like, man, I, you know, I, I might be able to get a podium now because I get good starts and it's single fire or it's staggered start. I thought I was fifth or sixth or something. And uh, even with those guys crashing, I thought I was like maybe sixth at that point. And LJ's like, dude, you're up to third. I'm like, really? I was like, dude, that's crazy. So walked away with a podium, but the race itself was, uh, oh, it was crazy. It was, yeah, the two guys crashed and I, I hated seeing that, um, went, but went back and watched the replay. It looked to me, um, and I, I, I haven't talked to either one of these guys. I wished Colby well, just because man, that's, that's brutal. Like I, I feel for that dude, like seeing his bike just destroyed and all the shit he's been involved with, like, man, I, I, I was gutted to come around and see, see him on the ground again. Like that, that is awful. Um, I, I wrote him a message just to tell him I was thinking about him, but I didn't ask him what happened, but it looked to me, um, Zabala, it looked like he came off turn four and there was a little hole there on the exit of four. I, I hit it one lap and almost did the same thing. It looked like he hit the hole and it just, ejecto co man it it just spit him off the bike and he had a pretty hard crash and then colby's crash was wicked um man thankful he's man, okay but generally speaking he's gonna be okay but that was a hard fucking crash and 
I think maybe maybe he did the same thing, hit a hole or hit a slick spot. There was a dude out there, um, 109 Ross, who was – I went back and watched the race. He was smoking for like 10 laps. I, you know, I, I, I sent a text to, to Kevin. I'm like, hey, man, I was like, man, why didn't we, you know, black flag? It's nothing against Billy Ross. Like, kids, he's a good kid. He's a good rider. But, like, if somebody's smoking like that in a flat track race and they put a little bit of oil or coolant down – it's dangerous. Like, um, and B yeah, Smith knows, on a car track. knows too. Cause like he got black flagged for his sight glass. Like it was, it was like, you know, that, that whole deal, you know, back in the day, but it's, uh, yeah, they, he, they, they didn't black flag him for 10 laps and they're like, yeah, we, we didn't think it, you know, warranted a black flag. I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. On something like that, you know, it's, it's uh, well and it's one of them things here here's where that comes into play and of course we're both armchair quarterbacking on monday but uh i i don't know uh what fluid was coming out i mean obviously tech tech probably has that under control as far as after the race what they saw and if it was warranted or not but it on, on that thing and especially you know a track like that it's already got a little bit of sketchiness from all the rain and stuff you know of course if i was billy ross i'd be super pissed but you know on the side of safety I would much rather them have just said, look, you know, sorry, man, you know, we saw smoke because sometimes there's stuff where something rubs on your tire and it makes smoke too. We both, we've had that happen before, but this, like you said, 10 laps or so roughly give or take. And, um, you know, there's really no excuse for not black flag. I know they want to give everybody the proper shake, but if Cole or Colby did hit something that was like fluid on the track or oil, then I mean that's where you look back and you're like fuck man we should have made the the call you know we should that now look we got two riders one of them out for quite a while um hopefully Cole's okay I mean god dang he threw, flew himself into the brick wall upside down so thank god AFT um implemented airbag suits for every class because airbag that, that could have been a lot worse yeah for sure that could have been a lot worse and and <laughs> here's the thing you know not trying to jump off a different subject but remember what two years ago all the super flat track warriors. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, we didn't have them back in the seventies and eighties. Well, yeah, there's a lot of guys getting really freaking jacked up back then. And, and yeah, Colby's messed up and you know, Sammy got hurt bad too, but imagine hell, hell if it wasn't for airbag suits, you know, we might be going to some actual, you know, some bad stuff, you know, so, yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. thank God that, that AFT implemented those. And, and, and I was critic at first, just saying like, man, they're so damn expensive, but now it's like, Dude, that was the right call. Expensive, like, but man, I go, like no price on safety, dude. Like, yeah, but you know? yeah, how how much is a broken back or something? You know, like I, if I if I was arguing with myself two years ago, I would my future self would go and backhand my past self and say, "Shut the Can fuck you up. imagine like, Robbie Bobby arguing with Robbie Bobby? It, it would never end. <laughs> no, it would never end. It would be to the death. It would be absolute death. It, um yeah, yeah and i don't like to only, speculate man. crashes or anything and i haven't talked to those guys but for cole it looked like he hit that hole i mean the bike kind of it unbuckled him um on the exit i watched the replay and uh, i'm sure he you know with the coolant he was probably making it hard for him to see as well like i know how that works but um and maybe that led to like he couldn't see and he hit the hole and boom just uh but colby's was kind of weird like it they didn't really show his crash that well um like the start of it um but that, like the way that bike picked up speed it actually like, you know, it looked like he might've hit something slick. Um, but again, I, I yeah. didn't see it. I don't want to speculate. I'm glad generally speaking, those guys are going to be all right. And, uh, just like I said, man, I, I had a tough time uh, coming around and seeing Colby on the ground again. Like it, that was tough. It's, it's tough to see. And oh man. Yeah. No, yeah. We're not, we, me and Colby, we're not like tight or anything, man. And, and I, I, I still like the guy, he's a great racer and he's a, you know, he's a past champion and X factory rider, but, uh, 
that was uh, that was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the main event, like I said, it was crazy main event. Janish kicked their asses. They they had that bike dialed. They racetracks like that. Yeah. You know, Jesse and the the Vance and Hines team, they they do a good job with them. And Jesse's gonna be tough all year. Dude's he's uh he's efficient. He gets good starts. Like well, and he's just he's really comfortable on that motorcycle, you know. And and there's lots of guys that have ridden that bike before and uh and I'm just gonna. I mean, of course, it's it's not technically super twins, but man, just watching him ride that thing. I mean, he really gels with it because there were certain times when you know Dalton rode it and and was the best thing since sliced bread. And other times it was like no matter what we did, we couldn't get it to where it needed to be, and, and you know for whatever reason. But um, and same thing with other riders too. There's certain like Vanderkoy's podiumed on the thing, and then other times he's you know twelfth. But man, hats off to those guys. Man, I don't know what they did or if they changed anything or if. Or if Jesse's just a more adaptable rider, I don't know. But, man, can't take that performance away from him, dude. He was – I mean, no offense to you, dude, but he was gone, man. Like, gone, gone. And, um, you know, he almost uh, – I almost wish he, he would have raced the Super Twins before the production twins just to see if he might have top-fived it because he was uh, – he ran Bronson down for sixth, I believe. Uh, I have to go look at the results here. I'm pretty sure he ran him down to sixth. And, and – uh, I was looking, I was like, man, he shouldn't have showed Bronson because he actually put a pass on Bronson like with two to go. And, um, oh, no, see, they were another five seconds back from J.D. Beat. So I don't know if he would have gotten a top five maybe, but uh, uh, he he was flying, man. That was a good, good ride by uh, by Janish. Yeah, absolutely. And another good ride by Armstrong too, man. How how about that? Another podium for Armstrong. So he's – that's so cool to see him, man. Like it's uh, – that dude is putting in the work, and he's kind of like your unofficial teammate, right, in a way? Yeah, our team, we pit together, and uh, Paul Ott, who helps out, um, he helps out Nick, and obviously his son James, a uh, great guy, man. We've Paul started helping out the G&G guys with our setup, and we brought Paul on. At the end of last year, he helped us kind of uh, wrap up that championship, and then he's been kind of with us all season, and um, we've never had, like, a setup guy, really. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, really, like, honestly. Like, I know what I like, but having someone else to bounce <laughs> info off of <laughs> – Offsets, dude. Offsets. Uh, having him there has been really cool, and, and he's helping out. He's helping out Nick. So, yeah, Nick's a good guy, man. He's uh, he's a good rider, and he's been he's been doing his job so far this year with uh, with the schedule we've had. He's he's uh, leading the point. So, um, yep. good for dude. Good get for this Nick. too. Real, hey, real quick too. Also, man, big shout out to Jeremiah Duffy and Jordan Harris, both top fives. I'm not sure if that's their both first. I don't know if this is their first top fives or not. I, I mean, I don't have their whole their whole uh jordan's been at it for a while but uh super happy to see those two guys in the, in the top five man i mean i hate that uh, the other guys got banged up but um uh, but man that's uh that's really really good for those two man i'm super proud of those guys yeah yeah absolutely i was they were giving me a a, a battle man i i ran i i i, I rode my ass off after that race everybody's like damn like uh you know you were struggling i'm like man i rode my ass off like uh you know i that was a tough race so those guys, they all, yeah, it was, it was good for them. It's good to see some, some new guys up at the front and yeah, moving forward, it'll be, it'll be a good season. I'm excited for, for the rest of the year. Um, and then super twins wanted to talk about that. We, uh, had a good race at the front, Briar and Jared. I, I didn't think Briar had anything for Jared, but he was, he was right there with him. And then like with like six, seven laps to go, I kind of like, I'm like, dude, he's, he's setting him up like Briar. He's Briar's turned into a really smart racer and 
he knows that when you pass Jared, Jared's going to adapt better than anybody and figure it out. So I kind of like, I was like, Oh, I was like, he's, he's legit like waiting to make a move because, you know, Meese will figure it out and he'll, you know, he'll come back at you. So it was shaping up to be a really good finish and Lapper kind of got in the way, which was a bummer. Um, you know, nothing personal toward anybody, but it's like, man, at the end of a race like that, if you're that far, like me personally, when I'm that far off, like the, the race ahead of me, I'm super aware of like what's going on. Cause I don't want to be the guy to mess up the race. So I'm like, you know, I'll glance yeah. back, I'll glance back every other lap, making sure nobody's coming. And when somebody comes, you know, I'm, I'm moving up out of the way. Cause the lapper wasn't, he wasn't battling with anybody else for position. And, uh, and that was tough to see for me, man. And not because it's Briar or Jared, I'm like that in supercross, you know, road racing, et cetera, but, um, it might've been a badass last lap, uh, last lap of the race, but, um, that is what it is, man. That's part of racing. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta figure that out and adapt, but super twins, uh, B Rob third, yeah. B Rob looked really good, uh, starting to, starting to find his injured mojo. Too. He rode injured, man. Yeah. Starting to find hey, his mojo. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, it was good good to see. I love to see uh, Jerry's guys up on the box too and uh you know, good ride by Dallas for fourth. I know he was hoping for a, a podium, but uh it's good to see the Yamaha's in the in the top five in the mix. I mean, um, you know, I know they have some concessions, but dude, they they've been busting their ass, man. They really have been putting in the work and you and you can see it by every lap of every session too. I and mean, they're out there, J D and Dallas, you can watch them and even if the bike's not right or the track's not right, like and J D especially, man, and I always I always joke with him. We have like a me and him and uh Briar have like a rolling little silly joke where I, I like to give those two guys like the most bullshit, stupid feedback and tell them what they could do better. And they're so nice that they just like, you know, laugh it off. But um, I tell them the, you know, the most important thing in their race is mid corner, you know, blipping the throttle, like just uncontrollably. And <laughs> in one practice session, JD went out there and, uh, and he, he did it and it was so freaking hilarious. But uh, um, yeah, but the battle for the lead, man, I mean, it was a great race, but it was kind of just there. I think, with Briar and Jared, they're so close in lap times and speed and their styles are so much different, but neither one of them had a clear advantage. It was kind of just like, you know, Briar couldn't do nothing with Jared, but at the same time, Jared couldn't even pull a gap on Briar. Like, I don't think they ever really got more than maybe a couple bike lengths apart, if that, the whole race. So it was, uh, it was cool to see. I hated that, uh, you know, if, if there was a lapper that, that intervened, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that. I wasn't, you know, paying that close attention. You know, I was worried about, you know, baby doll, but, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to go down, you know, between those two, um, again. And, and I, I'm really excited to see what the Yamahas do at Springfield or like a mile because they've really upped their game on these half miles and three eighths mile tracks. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you think, man? Cause they've been doing their homework, but, uh, you know, Jared Mees on a mile is, is just freaking tough. And, and, and so is B Rob, obviously. Yeah, I don't know what to expect at the Red Mile. I mean, I know how I know how far down on power and all the things that Indian motorcycles happen to overcome with just flywheel and rear wheel weight and, you know, restrictions and how like what their bikes are running on the dyno. Honestly, I don't have high hopes at all. Um, if they go out there and they do well, I'll yeah. be really impressed just because I know how good the Yamahas can be and, and how much Essenson's put into it. And man, their chassis, like alone, take away like the, you know, the traction control and, 
everything they're doing, but their chassis alone is like a phenomenal design. Like I, I love the way that linkage chassis looks and um, the rougher the tracks get the Essenson bikes look the best when it's rough. Um, I yeah, think yeah, you're right. So, you're, you're very right. So it's, um, it's crazy. Like when it, the tracks track gets rough for me on the, we have a CNJ and it's like a rigid frame. It's a perimeter frame and it's, it's a handful. And I watch those guys. It looks like they're just floating right through it. So going back to the miles, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah, unchart, I mean, uncharted territory. <laughs> So let me ask you this then in your, in your opinion. So say, um, you know, and, and, and it could very well happen. I mean, and if they do win, then it's obviously deserved, you know, they've, like I said, they've, they've put in the work, but man, if Dallas and JD just spanks that ass, does AFT revisit this and say, all right, well, Indian, you guys are getting back your flywheel or, or are they going to give it, do we know, are they going to give back a concession or is this like, Hey, this is how it's going to be for this year suck it up buttercup or i wonder if it's gonna be like a fluid fluid change because um you know i have no idea man i mean to be honest like i think it's a bad deal to change rules mid-season like the way they did the rear wheel rule last year it was like mid-season they made everybody buy different rear wheels that was an awful decision like i'm i'm sorry like yeah yeah i don't like that like changing rules mid-season is is pretty shitty but uh if the, yeah if like the indy or sorry the yamahas go out there and they win by 10 seconds maybe they won't win by 10 seconds maybe maybe we won't see their full cards i mean a jd and dallas are smart guys maybe they'll do what they have to do so they don't have to change you know so um yeah. with that yeah. being said yeah, I, I don't I just, think they would be sandbagging but maybe uh yeah uh, i know guys in the past who've had really good bikes who might have not shown everything they had just, just because, uh, you, you know, you, you, I wouldn't put it, you know, those guys are smart. It, racing is a mental, a mental thing. So we'll see, but if, uh, Briar, I mean, sorry, if JD and Dallas start racing each other, they might look back and be like, Oh shit, we, uh, you know, we got away pretty quick. So, uh, I don't know if they'll change the <laughs> <You> rules. <laughs> you see Tommy looking... Hayden on the side of the track, like waving his arms, slow the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they'll change the rules. I mean, maybe they could make like a mile concession where I don't think the flywheels is something that's going to like help or hurt big time on the miles. I just think it's the, it's that R word, man. It's the restrictor thing. So maybe, maybe give them yeah. back the restrictors, uh, you know, take them off for the miles, but I don't know. Do we have we a test day on the mile or no? No, no, no test. They double header. So we'll have two days of it okay. to, uh, to see. No, but, I was just, I was just curious cause we could probably learn a lot on the test day, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So two yeah, days is cool. That's cool. I got two more things here. It's, it's been a full info show, but, um, and then I'll let you kind of, if you want to talk about anything else, but yeah, the, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job as a podcast guy. If I didn't bring up uh big, big news kind of with people chatting has been Shana and I haven't, haven't got into it too much because it's uh I just it's just not the place for me to kind of go on there and and voice an opinion like anytime I I want to say something I I gotta like take a deep breath and just all right you know don't get into it just let people talk let let people say what they want to say but as a non-biased podcast guy um obviously Shay has been kind of struggling this year on that Indian 
Um, with that being said, I think they looked, she looked way better at, um, I 70 with the track conditions, learning a new motorcycle. It, it hasn't been easy for anybody. Um, but for her, you know, they haven't had a lot of testing, you know, she's a very unique size. She's little, um, the bike that she rides, they're typically set up for Briar, who is the opposite as far as you can get in terms of setup. And I thought the team, I thought they did a really good job, Jake and Dave, and she looked a lot better. She wasn't the slowest in qualifying. She was, I think she was only three tenths off of like sixth. And then she was only like half a second, uh, half a second or six tenths off of Meese who fast qualified. So she was in the ballpark. Um, obviously the main, it was a little bit of a struggle, but she didn't finish last. Um, and it's just going to take some time. I, I think she'll get better as the, uh, as the season goes. I know she will, but it's just amazing to me how many people get triggered by Shayna. I mean, she could win oh, and there's a, there's a reason why she won. Like, oh, she's 20, you know, 30, 40 pounds lighter than everybody else. But when she doesn't win, it doesn't matter if the track is a pile of shit, if it's her first time riding a bike, if she gets a flat tire, she gets scrutinized by like the same weirdo fans. Um, Dude, so all, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you gotta just turn me loose here. Whenever you, I'm, I got, I'm sitting here chomping at the bit, man. I'm, I'm biting my tongue so hard right now. Dude, Go, so, send it. Yeah, I, I, I see that shit too, man. And and you, hats off to you. You're you're stronger than I am, man. And and I'll just say this right now. Like I am, I do not do not apologize for what I said to that piece of shit on Facebook that was talking that shit. Cause look, you can be critical of Shane all you want to. She can take it. She doesn't give two shits what me, she doesn't care what Corey has to say about her probably, but so I forget how he even said it, but something, it was just, it was just absolutely derogatory. And like, dude, I'm offensive. I'm an offensive dude. But what he said was like, like, God, I feel like a little liberal, little whiny baby even using this term, but it was so sexist and just, pure bullshit i'm glad you didn't see it Corey, because the dude is like just completely off base so long story short he made a very terrible sexist remark on a flat track forum and and i let him fucking have it dude i let him have it so i screenshotted his picture i said dude you're a 350 pound fucking guy talking about a 100 pound girl who's one of the winningest riders in our sport and I said, how does your wife feel about you sitting there degrading a woman? Oh, my wife is sweet, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I bet she is sweet, but does she know how you act online? And then, oh, man, it, it blew up from there. And, uh, and so then he tried to get smart with me. I said, look, man, Mike Tyson just proved to people that you can't hide from what you say on the Internet. Well, I'll be at the Red Mile. So I'm telling this dude right now, dude, on your podcast, if you've got something to say to my face, I'll be at the Red Mile. And I got no problem going out behind the barn and knocking your 350-pound ass on your fucking ass. So that being said, dude, it's just, and I would defend any of the writers out there, man, not just Shane. I mean, I like Shane a lot. I've known her for a long time, but man, like these people, every racer puts their heart and soul into this, man. And, and, and for you to be a 300 pound fat shit talking shit behind the internet, just knowing that there, she's not even going to see it or respond, but just knowing that like, man, Mm, it, it's so dude. weird yeah. like it like like somebody said i think it was jen, jen mall jared vanderkoy's girlfriend like how how weird is it to like watch the race and then the first thing you think of is i need to go on facebook and and hammer this person or i need to hammer jared meese or i need to hammer Corey texter or yeah. shana texter or um briar like it's like man like how weird is that that every single post you're co like every day you're commenting something like 
what a weird way to like spend your time. Like, it's cool that you're passionate and you're a fan, but it's just so weird. Like, and she's never done anything. Like she's the nicest no, and, person. She, and she, she, uh, she's humble. She's a, like it's, it's crazy. She's the first person that will be critical of herself. She's not out there when the main event's over. And if she's struggling, she's not coming in the pits. Like, Oh, let's, let's just party. That was awesome. Let's go out and drink it. Like, dude, she's trying to figure out what the fuck to do to make herself better for the next time. And, and the, this, these, these dipshits, man, I just, I do not understand like what you get about, I I think he just has a secret crush on her. And, and that's the only thing I can, that's the only thing that makes sense. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're in like middle school and you like pick on this girl, like pick on her, pick on her, pick on her. And it's like, cause you secretly had a crush on her. That's the, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting, but it's just, it's coming off as a super creepy vibe. Cause like I said, yeah, like I know the guy you're talking about. Just, he's been, he's been very, like, he's been very vocal, and people like they're yeah, not. Gonna I'm not even gonna give him. Of, a, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna give mention him either. But they're, you know, they people are vocal, and like as a pro athlete, you gotta just suck it up a bit. And Shayna doesn't. She doesn't even read anything. She don't care. But it's uh, I know. <laughs> we're fighting for. She don't even care. No, nah, it's one of those things where like. I've seen people say stuff negative about riders and this is a true story. Like multiple people, I know who they are and then I'll see them getting their autograph the next weekend. Like they're in their autograph line. It's like, dude, you were just hammering somebody like, and now you want to be like the guy who said something to me, call me prissy. He's calling by me at the local track and has like said, hi, it's like, bro, fuck you. Like, if you're going to say something, say it to my face. And it's just like, I just don't get it. Like everybody's, they want to be critical behind a keyboard, but they won't come to the track and say stuff like, like that. We had Dallas on the pod and he said the same thing. And the Mike Tyson meme, it's like, bro, like social media, people can say whatever they want and they like, don't have to own it. So anyway, whatever it is, that that's another topic, but, um, but yeah, I think she'll be better. I know she'll be better. Um, so I just, for all the fans that, you know, have that energy, keep it all season. Like when she has a good result, keep that same energy. Like um, if that's how you feel. No, what's going to happen? No, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Sorry to interrupt you, but what's going to happen? She's going to get a good result and it's going to be, oh, well, it's because of the track and, and she was so much smaller and that's why she got a horsepower advantage because all the other Indians have a restrictor. And it's like, dude, you can't have it both ways, man. Like, do you want her to, so she can't have a disadvantage, but when she does maybe have an advantage, she's not allowed to use it. Like, what the, how does that fucking work? <laughs> yeah i know that's that's how it is like you know it, it's one of them things um I, whatever we could talk we could talk that shit all day long but it is what it is it's cool we have passionate fans and really it really is cool like that fans are that invested like they're spending hours of their day talking about the riders but uh but sometimes <laughs> no. it's like it's 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 kind of crazy and and a lot of it's on just for me like the stuff that's untrue like you know, everyone's like, oh, I know that I have the facts. It's like, actually, you are completely wrong. But I, I try not to read it. I People send me the screenshots. I'm like, don't send me that bullshit. It's just poison. So, um, but anyway, moving on. Yeah, we're, we're just getting ready. Gonna stay busy on two wheels and, and get ready for the Red Mile. Yeah, man, it was a really good weekend of flat track. And there was another good weekend of Moto America racing. Um, man, crazy weekend, Rob. Just a lot of... A lot of really cool classes now in that series. Uh, a little bit of controversy this past weekend I saw on social media and things like that. But, man, dude, the classes were good. And I'll kind of let you kind of 
take the lead. You're our uh, road race guy. So uh, <laughs> thoughts on the Moto thoughts on the Moto America weekend? Man, yeah, it was good. Definitely some controversy. Man, I uh, I had a, a few little few little blow-ups myself, you know, went on Facebook and got on a couple little rants and some of the things I was, uh, I was pretty passionate about. And, uh, luckily, um, I got to speak with some of the guys at Moto America and, and they explained some of the, the rulings and, and yeah, man, some of the stuff I agree with. And, and there's a couple things that, you know, that we both respectfully are just going to have to agree to disagree on. Um, the junior cup, for example, was a, uh, was a absolute barn burner of a race, man. Like you just cannot, ask for a better race and the finish it's just like it was kind of like you used to see like the mile on the 450s when there's like five or six people coming across the finish line and like who won you don't know and um so long story short there was a uh an instance on the last lap uh coming into one of the fastest corners and um one of the lady riders um kayla yakoff got her first win stripped away um because <clears throat> she passed under a uh it was deemed that she passed under a yellow flag which you know, my take on it is they were five and six wide and she was on the inside. The flag stand was on the outside and it was a stationary flag instead of a waving flag. And, um, Moto America and I believe the FIM, if I'm not mistaken, I hope I don't get that wrong, but they use standing yellows and waving yellows. And my take on it is, you know, if there's danger up ahead, you know, wave that flag. And especially when you're in a pack of a bunch of riders, like, you know, they're looking where they're going. They're trying to hit their brake markers. Cause you're in that particular corner is like six gear down to first or second gear, depending on the bike and gearing. Um, and my, my thought process on it is, is man, these, these are young kids. They're not trained to be looking around, you know, on the track, so to speak, like for a stationary. Whereas I think you would agree to that a waving yellow is a lot more easily seen. And for whatever reason in their, their rules, which they followed their rule book um, is uh, you know, it, it was a standing yellow. Um, and unfortunately, you know, she got her win uh, taken away, and that's not anything to say that she won't get another one. I mean, it was just kind of a bummer because it was her first one. But as they say, rules are rules, and, and I don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree with them. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the racers, you know, have a rule book, and that's what they go by. So uh, yeah. um, I, I really want to appreciate uh, the guys from Moto America reaching out and uh, and showing me a couple of things where I was wrong. I'm not too big of a person to admit, you know, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I've been wrong like three times now in my life. And, uh, this is the fourth <laughs> one. So <laughs> congrats to Moto America on, um, on catching me out on, on one of them, but, um, it's still one of them things where, you know, no matter what, I'm pretty hard headed, as you know, and as pretty much everybody knows, um, I'll go to my grave saying, man, if there's danger up ahead, there needs to be no such thing as a standing yellow wave that yellow flag to get the rider's attention is, is kind of my contention. Um, yeah, I would agree. Some... I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that like I'm, I watch road racing. I'm a fan, but I don't know the, t like the technical aspects and to, to hold a yellow out. I don't think I'd see that. I don't know. It, it is. It's one of them things. It's, you know, you can say, well, well, I saw it. Cause the, the winner said he saw it. So it's, but then like, you know, she didn't see it and one person saw it. So it's, it's one of them things where it's, it's a tough deal. Like it, it, you don't want to see wins taken away from anybody. Like, uh, you know, when they, when it's deserved, like, especially going back like to flat track last year with Cameron Smith, like winning the race in New York, like, and then, you know, whatever happened, happened with his, with the testing. And it's like, dude, he won the race. Like, you know, I, I don't even, you know, it's one of the, it's the same thing. Like she won the race and she deserved it. Like she's, she's local to me. She's Pennsylvania somewhere. I've, I've been to her house before I, I picked up a bike or dropped the bike off and 
her dad and you know they're they're really nice family they're super dedicated to the sport they have a road racetrack rob around their house like when i was there it, it like looped really? around their yard oh yeah it's she's been dude they grind they they've been working hard and you know it was uh it, it's a bummer um you know i'm sure moto america didn't want to take away a win from you know from anybody especially a first time female winner that's that's good does nothing but good for the sport so it's it's a damn shame. Um, you know, goes back to what I've said before, like the fans, we have passionate fans and, and flat track. <laughs> and obviously there's passionate fans in, in Moto America. And, you know, it's, uh, one of them things, but now the junior cup racing is, is spectacular. And, uh, but man, you know, just looking back. Oh, sorry. I, I keep interrupting you. It's okay. Like you said, it's just Bro, funny. You're I, good. You're I had good. to stop you because you're like, you got passionate fans and, and shit, man. I'm like, I feel like as much as I'm involved in the sport, whether it's road or dirt, I'm like, dude, I'm a passionate fan at the end of the day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm sitting there like throwing stuff at my TV, like, just go, you know, it doesn't matter what race. And then, you know, Moto America, they, they added the bagger class last year. And a lot of people were kind of like, oh, boo, hiss, you know, and I'm like, man, you might call it crazy and, and yeah there's some there there was some cobbled up stuff showing up a couple times but uh but man like they you can't deny the viewership and and the excitement level on watching them 600 pound machines just dude are you familiar with the lap times like they're running almost super sport lap times they're top 10 super, they're like top 10 i saw on like super a super stock could, or something could crazy. you imagine I mean, um, imagine this just for a second because i was thinking about this yesterday so you know how American Flat Track said, all right, well, production twins can now, you know, the top four can bump up. Imagine if they took the top four baggers and let them run Super Sport. How freaking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you're full tucked on a full, you know, Graves R6 or something, and here comes this dude with a windshield and saddlebags drafting you and outbreaking you into the corner because, like, watching them guys like Wyman, Fong, Rispoli, you know, um, Gillum, man, they're, like, sliding them things, backing them into the corners, and – I mean, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into them baggers to make them them handle and stuff. It's but, insane how much money, uh, like, the two factories and Vance and Hines, they're rolling sands, how much they're putting into that class. <clears throat> I mean, it's good that Mission stepped up and they have that bagger challenge because what the money <clears throat> that they're putting into that class is is pretty insane, honestly. And it's uh, it's keeping guys – you know, I, you know I, I don't know how, how it worked out, but, like, Kyle Wyman didn't have a ride this year, and – it, you know, a ride outside of a bagger and he's racing on the bagger. Bobby Fong was able to keep yeah. racing. He got, he got a deal on a bagger. Tyler Rivera, uh, Corspoli, yeah, back in road, back in road racing on a bagger. Corey West, uh, Patricia does some events on the bagger. It's, uh, it's really cool that we have different personalities in that class. It, it gives guys who might not have a ride <clears throat> otherwise somewhere well, to even, uh, come in and race. Even more importantly, it's bringing a whole new fan base to the sport because there's guys out there that could give two flying shits about what a GSXR 1000 looks like, but they're already there. They paid their, they paid their entry fee. They're there watching the baggers. And then they really get to see like, wow, the baggers going 140 down the back straightaway. And then they see where Jake Lewis, for example, I think had the highest trap seat, 188 miles an hour. So you think these baggers are cool, and then like you get to stay around and watch the super bikes, and then you're like, "Holy shit, man! Well, that bagger's got a ten thousand dollar engine in it." Well, yeah, you ain't seen shit yet, man. Wait till you see one of these full attack R ones come by, or the M four Suzuki's, or the the Warhorse Ducati, like. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and 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 they hit the nail on the head, man. Like, 
you got to branch out. Like we can't keep sucking the same tit in every sport is so to say, you know, like, so you got to reach out. So now there's all these companies that are like V twin performance and specialists that never in a million years thought or cared two shits about going road racing. And now they're like, you see Harley guys buying Olin shocks. When has that ever been a thing? You know what I mean? Like Olin's is <laughs> Dude, probably the like, classes stack. Like you have, you have Bobby Fong who won a super sport title like two years ago. You have Raspoli who's been a staple in British, British Superbike series. You have a former 250 Grand Prix winner in Jeremy McWilliams. You have Corey West who's won on a bunch of shit, hill climbs, whatever, whatever everything. it is, the Pikes Peaks, yeah. everything. <laughs> Tyler Harrod, one of the most diverse guys I've ever seen. Kyle Wyman, who's won a bunch of shit. Like you got so many, like, dude, that class is stacked. And I'm proud to say I was a bagger fan before it was cool. Um, Me too. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Love and it. then yeah, it was cool to see uh, Gagne. Obviously we're talking about baggers and junior cup. Now we're just talking about Superbike, but uh, <laughs> it's cool to see, it's cool to see Gagne get a win again. Um, it's, it's crazy how fast Petrucci is. Like, obviously we expected that, but I think um, we haven't really gotten to see those two go head to head really. Like when Petrucci's went in, Gagne's had some issues and, this weekend, um, when Gagne won, uh, he had some issues. So it's, it's cool to see, obviously, um, it's, you know, I saw Petru some of Petrucci's comments on, on Twitter, like talking about like just different things in America that he's not used to over overseas. It's kind of interesting, but you know, it's, it's cool that he's in our series and, uh, in our series, I'm, I'm taking like ownership, like I'm hey, in it, but you know, you know what though, we do need to touch on something else too and, and and this is mine and your baby because we talked about it before but now that now that i unfortunately have moto america's attention um and we need to get aft's attention and we need to get supercross's attention we need to we need to start planning the 2023 race of champions and that's where road racers dirt think of the old super bikers think but it's time to relive that again all on 450 machines the only thing that would suck is, you know, Ducati didn't have like a machine to compete against with, but you know, the Ducati guy could ride a KTM or, or something, you know, or gas gas, something unique. But man, think of like the top two supercross dudes, the top two flat track dudes. Well, shit, you know, Briar and Jared and them don't have. The thing is, bro, we can't get the top moto guys to even like consider doing motocross of nations because of like payout. We'd have to pay one of them guys stupid amount of money to get like we won't get like tomac and anderson to do it but we could probably get like a top privateer guy maybe maybe like well, a barsha, wasn't, it, wasn't it barsha that oh, was having a blast yeah. at blackmore and then you got, barsha you got has uh, fun sipes man sipes could spread the good word man because think about it man like you know i mean obviously depending on the circuit you got to go with like somebody like jd or you know dallas or you know somebody that's got I mean, how do you think Briar would Jared would do on pavement? I mean, you know they'd be fast, but like they'd be fine. Pavement is it's not. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not easy, but it, you can adapt to it, especially on a dirt bike. Like yeah, but remember James Stewart when he did a supermoto race? He never fucking rode pavement in his life, and he was the fastest, pretty much the fastest guy at X Games until he hurt himself. So yeah, but um, think of think of like like that's but on the track. But and that was like a really really tight little thing. I'm talking about a real road course type. Like where you're like fourth gear leaned over on your knee is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like, you know, well, you couldn't gear. do that. That like you couldn't, you'd have to make it a very like even mix for all the disciplines. Like building the track would be the hardest because you don't want to give the road race guys an advantage. You don't want to have 
30 triples on it for the supercross no guys. You could, you'd um, have to make it you'd have to make it to where like it, you could you could make it to where like the motocross guys could hit like a a big triple and the other guys are hitting like a double or something you know what i mean you couldn't just make it like stadium whoops like because the only guys are going to go through there are going to be like the hardcore supercross guys but but the same thing though i mean it'll just it can't be just tailored to flat track or just tailored to moto either you know it's got to be a mix an equal mix but I've already got a place picked out and everything too, like where I could, where I think I could probably get it done, like the track. But uh, so anyway, oh, yeah. Moto America, start spreading the good word, man. Yeah, we're gonna do this, Corey. You and I, we're gonna. CT, we can RD. do like more of a a low <laughs> risk one. <laughs> what? Remember back in the day, they did the 150 challenge at Supermoto races, like for the for like the uh, the Honda oh, Red the Riders. Yeah, yep. We I could do oh. we could do like a uh, like a 150 class for for everybody, so it's more kind of like low risk so guys don't feel like they're gonna get i mean you put a you put a top moto guy out on a track that you're going 120 mile an hour on i'm pretty sure that you know the contracts will probably crumble up if if we did that but if we did something more low risk fun i don't know maybe maybe that would be feasible i don't know we'll, we'll put some put some thoughts on paper it's definitely getting planned like there's there's no doubt about it yeah. it's definitely happening um yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, but still though, man. Like, going back to the end of the day, like hats off, Motor America. They've done they've done some good stuff, and they had their challenges too, man. I I heard that their uh, their their generator truck or something broke down on the super right grid, and it's like, man, you know, I'd love to be the one to give them shit about that, but that's like out of their control. I mean, yeah, I know Petrucci was a little bit mad that uh, you know, I guess they didn't send them back to the pits, but but dude, like, how do you? It, there's some things that like you just can't make a plan for. It's like you try to be as consistent as possible and you try to be as organized as possible but dude when you're just like the grader breaking down like who in the million years is like oh well the grader broke down on the middle of the track or i saw know, somebody said like we should have a backup grader ready i'm like what yeah did you see what i said yeah no problem man every track should have another two hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment just waiting to go like that would put pdt out of business because we have to rent our grader as it is so we definitely can't <laughs> afford to rent two graders well, hell, and same thing yeah. with your winter throwdown. Like for so many years, like your guys just got a new grader too, and it's like people don't realize like how how much. I didn't know how much they were. I had no idea a grader was a quarter Dude. million dollars. Like, yeah, for I had no one, idea. You can find. Yeah, so I here's had no the thing. Idea. I, I've I've shopped around before, and like you're like, oh man, I'm gonna try and find one for like just say like twenty five, thirty grand. Dude, you're looking at graders made in like the 1970s that barely run. That you're gonna have hydraulic leaks. The brakes don't work. It's like you know that people don't understand it's like like when he said that just they should have a spare grader like that's one of them things it's like you don't even want to answer it or, or but then at the same time like my stupidity well, my face warrior comes out well, and i was like I, I know like here we go here we go and it's like somebody's just break like half of my finger so i can only type like halfway and oh boy and then, i got a um, question for you actually um when you when you rent the grader at pdt who so you're there but who runs the grader for you i run my own grader i run it i i oh. am yeah 95 percent of the time i run bro, the grader I'm myself just with you. i'm just messing with you <laughs> i know <laughs> like, you're a big grader guy so. no no not a big i wish dude if i had my own grader man i would if i had my own grader like every dirt road around which there's not a lot around here but i'd be just grading shit just do it it's really a lot of fun just like watching how much dirt you can move at a time and then you can put it back and then you can rearrange it. You can mix it up. Like, well, I mean, there's a reason there's, there's a reason they cost so much damn money is because they're, they're like so versatile. You can do so much with them. Like you're not going to build jumps and super cross stuff, but you know, for, for what we all love flat track and, 
that kind of stuff, it's man, the, it's, it's almost it's the like the Swiss mandatory. army knife of track prep. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good weekend of racing. A, a lot of, a lot of stuff happens at these races, dirt or pavement and kind of just, you know, trying to get that perspective a little bit is, is tough for the fans. Like in this day and age, everybody sees something that goes wrong and it's just there. Everyone's initial reaction is just negativity and, you know, whatever, but it's cool to take a couple of days and, and kind of process the weekend and, and go from there and kind of focusing on the positives for, for everything. You know, we're not, me and Rob are pretty realist. We're pretty honest. Uh, I wouldn't say we're the most positive people all the time. Like if there's a problem, we're going to, we're going to point it out. But I think most of the time we're fair and, you know, in our, in our opinions and things like that. But um, that's the beauty of our pod is we, you know, we're, we, we say it how it is pretty much, you know, but at the same time, you don't see us throwing bitch fits and everybody likes to give you a hard time, Rob, for, going the bat for aft all the time it's like oh he's he's on their payroll it's like dude like he's just he's just being he's there's nothing you say that's not fair i mean it's and, like and the thing uh, that drives me nuts when they say that about me in particular i'm going to use myself as an example but it's like they don't ever come out and say anything when like i'm critical of them like i've I, i've done my fair share of aft bashing and it's and, and i feel like i i give it out and and people bash me and that's fine like and i'll i'll answer myself and but it's like, man, come on, guys, like get it together. There's, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if, if the majority that you see was not just pure stupidity. Like, again, going back to the when you're a second grader and then one guy was like, oh, this is just a tractor. Like, like it's not just a tractor. It's not like you can't just go down to Home Depot like you can rent a tractor at Home Depot, at least in Florida. You can you can rent a tractor at these little rental hobby places. Well, a grader is a whole different ball game, dude. You're talking about like, anyway, we're going to, I'm just getting rambling again, but, um, you know, it's, nah, it's, it's, it's it, like, I've gotten to the point now where some of the, like, I have a hard time even reply. I, I don't reply to people that just don't have nothing credible about what they've said. It's like, well, you're an idiot. Like you're not even, it's not even worth, it's like, they're joking. It's like, they're fucking with us. Like some of the people like their comments, but they're not, they're serious. It's like, Oh, oh this person's serious. So um, but like I said earlier in the show, man, it's good. It's good. The fans that we have passionate fans and they are chiming in. It's just, um, like they want to say what some of them have opinions. And then when somebody writes back, you know, with a different opinion, then they get triggered. It's like, Hey, why can you have, why can you say what you want to say? Why, when I say it back, you get all bent out of shape, man. So, um, I don't know, dude, it's, it's, uh, it keeps the keeps the boards going and it keeps the comments flowing. It was funny, man. I, I have one more. I had a I had a guy. He commented on something. It was a screenshot. I actually saw it. I screenshotted somebody else, but um, it was a comment about like I think like the TV package. And um, he was like, I don't know. I'm done. I've been done with flat track for years. You know, I don't pay attention anymore. They've ruined the sport the new format they made this year is awful. I'm like, bro, you just said you were done. You've been done with the sport for years, but you're commenting on a flat track post talking about how the format change for this year has bothered you. If you've been done with the sport for years, how do you know about the format change? Like, I don't know. This is funny, man. It's people talk themselves in circles sometimes, but Yeah. yeah it's so but now it's good weekend good weekend i want to make sure that uh we thank these sponsors that keep our show going you know it's really cool that they step on board with what what we got going here on our humble podcast and keeps it going so make sure you uh, shout them out on social media and thank them 
Mission Foods, as always, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. We have a new sponsor we're going to bring on here and maybe next week. we got a really exciting new sponsor we're going to drop. We hinted it on our social media pages, but we're really stoked for that new partnership as well. Make sure you subscribe to the shows, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. If you can take two minutes out of your day, leave us a review on iTunes. And then, uh, yeah, just keep following the social media pages. We'll keep the shows going. we got some really good guests coming up. We have planned. Next week, we have a really good one. Uh, basically, the know-it-all dude in the history of flat track is coming on the show. We're going to ask him a bunch of challenging questions that he's probably never been asked before. And uh, we're going to get his insight on that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a wrap. That's all I got, Rob, anything left for you? No, man, just, uh, just stoked. I mean, for, for the next races coming up, of course we have a, a month, which I'm not too stoked about, but it is what it is. And, uh, ready to, uh, ready to see, turn these bikes loose on the mile for the first time this year. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's do it. I bet you are. I bet you are excited <laughs> to turn them Turner bikes loose on the mile. I bet everybody <laughs> else isn't, but, uh, you guys probably are. Uh, that's all we got guys until next time we out. <laughs>